want to make an emotional connection with the right people. <laughs> Obviously, you can't mm-hmm. sell everything to anyone. Um, you have to meet people, like you said, who are really, really desperate for what you want or what you're offering. And you have to tell them and show them with an emotional plea why it's so essential for them to get it from you. And you look around you at every single product, things you're wearing, things you're driving, things you're eating, things you're drinking, you know, anything in your environment, you have you have made a decision about based on an emotional story that was told to you by that brand. And so we forget as brands ourselves running businesses, creative entrepreneurs running businesses, that you have control over that story at all times. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident, feel empowered, and challenged through inspiring stories, and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and today I have a guest that just hits so many of the things that I love, 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 and um, and I think you're going to be very excited about her perspective among branding, which you know I'm obsessed with, uh, marketing, which I love, 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 interior design, which is one of the industries that I've loved and really supported, especially the Bombshell brand. And I think there's just so many more things that she's an, a budding author, so many good things that we're going to dive into vacation rental space. Y'all know how I feel about my vacation rental industry. <laughs> we just are covering it all today. So let me tell you about our guest. Erica Sarat is a brand marketing strategist focused on helping creative entrepreneurs transform their businesses into unforgettable brands. She shows her clients how to leverage emotion and logic. Oh, who else says that? It might be this host to craft <laughs> visual and narrative stories that speak directly to the clients they want to attract on their website, social media, and email campaigns. Girl, Erica, my new bestie, welcome to the show. <laughs> Amber, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited uh, to chat with you and your audience today. I am going to have to rein myself in here. We're going to be here all day and bombshells are like, oh, we have a marathon podcast now. Is that what Amber's new strategy is? So I'm just going to have to try to stay focused and not get overly excited. So before we even begin, we all have a reason why we got into branding. I want to know yours. Yeah. Um. So I was a interior designer for many years. That's I Went to school for fine art, actually, got a fine art degree and then uh, moved into design, realizing that that was sort of a better space for me. And what I started to see as an interior designer was, and one of the reasons that sort of pushed me into the more kind of brand and marketing space was that so many of my colleagues in design, not just interior design, graphic design, fashion design, any kind of designer, they were, while really, really good at creating gorgeous spaces or, you know, garments or you know designs books magazines they couldn't sell it back to the clients they yeah couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't tell the story of like what brought the idea to life why it was valuable to you know that particular client and because i had a background in fine art i started to see that like you know that storytelling is the really most important part that's how you find the clients that's how you get paid that's how you get a commission that's how you get the work that's how you get hired again that's how you get to build the business relationships that funds your creativity and so what i started to realize was that my value as a designer and really as a storyteller um was in supporting the marketing team to help that design come to life 
to come out of the studio to be built as a space to be built in some cases as a museum or as a you know as a as a visual design it needed someone to help push it along because again the design team couldn't do that and branding for me came out of a desire to understand where a the line between business and brand is right mm-hmm. and it's very subtle very <laughs> but very very important because a brand and this is something we can start to talk about a little bit a brand is a is a feeling a brand is a memory it's a impression it's a feeling you have about something and so when a designer comes in and starts talking about feelings and emotions <laughs> most of the time they <laughs> lose. yep yep exactly what you just did <laughs> like eyes glaze over it's not you know there's no very hard to monetize a feeling, um, you know, so if you can't create some kind of story around that feeling that puts it back into, um, into the client or into the customer, into their point of view, into their kind of value system, you'll never be able to you know, sell that as a design. And so that's what good brands are really able to do. It took a lot of kind of, it took a lot of reworking of how that, how, to convince a designer that that's what they needed to do, that they needed to become a brand themselves, or they needed to be able to speak to the values of another, you know, corporate brand um, for me to be able to, you know, build a career around this. So I don't know if that was an answer or some yeah, provocation sure. to start a conversation, but you, you found um, a need and you filled it because sure. I, I think, and this is something, you know, obviously we share a lot in common for me, I, and I was even, I don't know why I was thinking this while I was making my coffee this morning. This is how my crazy brain works. But, you know, I wrote a whole chapter in the Bombshell Businesswoman about how to work with creatives mm-hmm. because we're weird. And weird in the dictionary when you looked it up literally means supernatural. So I'm <laughs> totally okay with being weird. Uh, yeah. I was raised by a world-class drummer um, mm-hmm. and and a, and a culinarian, a chef. I I was raised by creatives. I was put through Mm -hmm. private school by creatives and I am a creative. I'm a a writer and, you know, visually and my, my very first, um, uh, major that I claimed in college was interior design until Mm -hmm. I found out it took you a while to make money at that. So then that's the objective (laughs) side of my brain. And that's the difference between me and you and I, and Mm -hmm. most creatives is I feel like, and I'm guessing here, I'm going to have to profile you after this, but, um, (laughs) I'm like, I find people, I want to know all about your personality mm-hmm. when you have the creative side and that very subjective part, that, that powerful, um, harnessing of your emotions, like, you know, mm-hmm. what the power behind those are, but then you're also super objective <laughs> and you, and you ride that line of also needing facts and data, and it has to make mm-hmm. sense to the bottom line. And we put those two things together you have a better opportunity to reach into that creative space and and teach them in their language how to get over here so that they can actually they can get what they want so that they can actually yeah. use their creativity in service to other people and amplify yeah. their brand which they don't know that they need and so right. i see that in you as well it's like oh, okay well i'm good at all of this but i'm probably more valuable teaching other people like me how yeah. to make it tactical and yeah. profitable. Is yeah. that fair? Uh, very fair. And I will say from my experience in both, like I said, art school and design school back in the day, <laughs> it was a while ago, maybe things have changed, but I don't think so. Cause I see young designers graduating, you know, 
and coming into the workplace. And I, you know, I've seen this over sort of multiple generations. They don't come with a background in business. They don't come with a lot of preparation about how to, you know, that their role in a company is really to help make money. It's they're, they're hired for their creativity. They're hired for their portfolio, maybe original ideas. But at the end of the day, what they're missing most of the time is the, is the, the principle that they're there, not just to give ideas, but to help the business sell itself and make more, make money, mm-hmm. right. Creates or create something of value um, that's different and, you know, can, can build and grow. So understanding first how and why that works is comes from a place of again we're taught in design and art school that it's about our ideas we have to sell them so what i see in a sense with a lot of designers is that they speak about themselves first they talk Mm. about their services they talk about their team they talk about their qualifications but what people really want to know is how you can help them Mm-hmm. And how what you are have to offer as a, let's say, designer um, is is unique and different and meets them in a place where they're going to pay attention and lean in. Yeah. Um, and if, if you can't have that very simple conversation with a potential client, with a new employer, with a, you know, with a with a client that is, you know, coming to your employer, you never sell your idea. And then you never and get I to say do that- what you're born to do. Exactly. And you're, oh, if you you do what other people want you to do. That's right. <laughs> that's not yeah. a fun life. And and no. so, you know, we, we kind of joke like nobody wants to talk about emotions, but right. one of the things that I have in my, um, in my branding keynote that, that I've delivered is understanding that post COVID things have shifted dramatically in the branding and marketing space. And right. And the emotional connection is actually the part that is selling, mm-hmm. but you have to then tie in the, the objective side of things, because even people who make purchasing decisions and they think mm-hmm. they're making an objective decision, it's really an emotional decision that they're using data or That's right. you know, to, to justify that choice and yeah. emotionally connected customers recommend at the rate of 71%, 71%. We got to get this right. Because to me, that's (laughs) That's less marketing. That's less energy. That's less hamster wheel. Like it's just going to come to me at the rate of 71% per person that I emotionally connect with. Shut your face. Let's go. Like that's my plan. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I love that. Now you have, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say like what you're talking to is one thing that I, I, have created a kind of a framework for this, but I think it's, this is not a new framework. I've just put it into sort of a system that's easier for people to, to, to think about. And it does, it combines, like we both say the logic and the emotion, but gives people kind of a, an entry point. It, it gives them a system to plug these things into so that they can still use emotion, right? Which is really important, but they have to do it in the context of understanding what's bringing that motivation, right? What's the emotion behind that core motivation that's driving someone to, you know, call you as a service provider or buy something from you if you're a product manufacturer or making something in general? Well, we were Um, going in the same direction. Good. That's where I wanted to go next is I know you have that E3 storytelling framework and just remind, you know, listeners, y'all know that I say this all the time. It's in my book. The Amber definition of business is not the Harvard one. It's not a paragraph long. It's you have a problem. I solve your problem. You give me money. That's what a business is. And so (laughs) you can't skip the problem solving part. Like you can have all the emotion. You can be the best at what you do. But if you can't show 
that you are solving that person's problem. They ain't coming off their cold, hard cash to give it to you yeah. because you're fluffy and wonderful. And, you know, just all these things up here, like if they're going to give you yeah. their money, what is the problem that you are solving that they're willing to pay for? So, that they're desperate to pay for. That, that they're they absolutely for. cannot live without, right? Yeah. Yeah. So E3, I'll start with go. the E3. It's super easy. They're all E's. Just like Erica, easy, right? Nice. Um, <laughs> so the first one is extraordinary. Um, this is your differentiator. This is that thing that only you have. It's your juice. It's your, you know, that one sort of killer characteristic, that quality, that background, that piece of education, that piece of culture, that piece of your history that nice. nobody else really has, right? It's that, that, and this can change, obviously, as you evolve, as you kind of grow in your career, you may find it's not, you know, it might change, it might be something different, but you have to really understand what that thing is and, yeah. and define it and make it really clear. So you lead with that thing that makes you extraordinary because the second one is emotional. Obviously, um, you want to make an emotional connection with the right people. <laughs> obviously, you can't mm -hmm. sell everything to anyone. Um, you have to meet people like you said, who are, who are really, really desperate for what you want or what you're offering. And you have to tell them and show them with an emotional plea, why it's so essential for them to get it from you. Um, and, you know, we can talk about case studies on this, you know, you look at two different sneaker brands, you can look at two different coffee brands, you can look at two different sofa brands, if in the case of interior design. And what's, what gives you a lean toward one or the other? You have a certain yes. phone in your hand. It's a brand, whether you wanted to or not, you've been loyal to that brand. You've chose that product for a certain reason. And you look around you at every single product, things you're wearing, things you're driving, things you're eating, things you're drinking, you know, anything in your environment, you have, you have made a decision about based on an emotional story that was told to you by that brand. And so we forget as brands ourselves running businesses, creative entrepreneurs running businesses, that you have control over that story at all times. Yeah. You so know, and I, I use mm -hmm. Nike a lot as yep. because it's such a well-known brand when I'm, mm -hmm. when I'm trying to drive a point home about not betraying your brand, but just shifting your message based on your target audience. And and yep. so I use that a lot, but the, the hysterical thing about it is I, I might own one piece of Nike gear, like one, I'm an Adidas girl. <laughs> Me Why too. I, yeah. See, see girl, I'm coming to the South of France We're, I mean, or you can hop over to Barcelona next week. And come uh, let's go. <laughs> but, um, but the reason why is Run DMC. So you oh, go all the way my Adidas. My Adidas. Yes. And I mean, I have, I have, can't, like, it's embarrassing how many Adidas <laughs> I have. Okay. So, and I'm like the high heel queen, but mm -hmm. there's those little pieces. And also that there's that, that like that eighties, nineties hip hop side of me that is a little like, I mean, kind of classy kind of hood. That's a shirt that one of my friends got me, you know? And so like that, I'm a, I'm a Southern California girl, like West side, like West coast rap. Like I, it's a part of like it's my story that I now Absolutely. am wearing as a representation of like, I think you think I'm fancy pants, but check out my Adidas because Absolutely. I'm not who you think I am. <laughs> and then if you pull it full circle, like everybody wears Nike and I don't want to be mm -hmm. like everybody. So I'm going to pick Adidas because yes. You know, your suburban mom is yeah. not wearing that. And so yeah. maybe she is, but most aren't. And I want to be most different. Aren't. So I'm just yeah. using that as example so that our listeners can understand 
Do you hear the emotional conviction of why mm-hmm. I wear Adidas? Mm-hmm. There is not another shoe brand in athletics. Nothing they, can, they can invent another one that's better, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I'm with no. you. I'm with you. Give me no. some superstars. Let's go. <laughs> and the best part about, you know, Adidas and multiple brands, right? This is a sort of, I would say it's a generational brand. I don't yeah. want to take us back too far, but it's been around such a long time, but they're so consistent with their storytelling. You know, they've not gone off the edge to such a place where you don't see yourself in that brand anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? They've stuck with us. Yeah. Instead of evolving past us faster than we're ready to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Smart. Okay. So that's, we have that's a whole other brand strategy. We can talk about. We've got <laughs> yeah. extraordinary. We've got emotional. Emotional. And the okay. third one, in fact, is I'm glad you brought Adidas up because you can talk about the third one, which is experience mm-hmm. and how this, this is more of like a tactical kind of strategy more than it is a, you know it's this is like how will you own the brand across each point of time let's say from you know maybe a, a first sneaker purchase you had a choice right when you were a teenager or you know whenever you bought that first adidas you know sneaker purchase whatever it was sweatshirt who knows like whenever you headband whatever <laughs> that thing was, you had a choice at that time right and you continue to make the same choice because adidas controlled the narrative at all touch points of your experience mm-hmm. and still means and still does right they did it with music they did it with you know how it felt when you walked into the shop maybe it was like a freestanding store maybe it was a store in a mall maybe it was a store like even online now, mm-hmm. if you're purchasing things, they have made a consistent investment in how that brand shows up across all of those touch points. And that is one of the most important parts of, in, you know, of any brand strategy is to make sure that the narrative is consistent from the moment I say for designers, like from the moment they step into your office or your studio, how are they greeted? What are they, you know, given? Where do they sit? How do they, you know, what's the whole experience like? until even after, you know, you've delivered the space to them. What is your follow-up strategy? What happens if something is delivered damaged? You know, what is your whole customer experience or your customer service experience like? What's it like a year later when you come back and ask for, you know, a referral or you, you know, they um, are at a party talking about you. What are they saying? Like you really need to make an investment in all stages of that because brands don't just stop, right? Your your work <laughs> doesn't just end, right? It continues, it goes. So you need to think um, kind of long-term as a business, um, you know, becoming or investing in becoming a brand. This is something you need to think about long, long, long-term. And so, um, yeah, I can, talk about that for, for days and hours. Um, but you know what I'm, what I'm saying. Well, and this is just such a great point to, to, to throw in when you're at that experience level and it is tactical and it is every touch point in the customer journey from the time that they're even considering making Mm -hmm. a purchase or or the brand awareness becomes, um, who is controlling that experience? It, It ain't you as a founder. That's you can right. say what you want it to be, but it, it is, <laughs> right. it is truly your, it, it's your employees. Yeah. And so each employee then has their personal brand and how are they showing up in support of the business brand yeah. at every touch point at every single part of, do, are they under, are they protecting your brand? Yes. Are they upholding your brand? Oh. Are they amplifying your brand? Because if not, you got an employer brand problem because they're not bought into the brand on the internal level. And that is the easiest place to um, influence 
dedication to the brand experience mm -hmm. so that your customers consistently, no matter who they're talking to, no matter where they are in the customer yeah. journey, that they are having the consistent experience because there's human beings involved who are yeah. delivering it. Let's talk about this a little bit more because I know that you're, you're an expert at this, but I think it's so important for people who don't think about what that really means. I mean, potentially they've been separated from being an employee with another company yeah. for so long, what it means to really come to work with a purpose, to really believe in the mission of a business so much that it affects your day-to-day, -day, you know, decision-making at at your desk. It, it affects how you feel about yourself on Sunday night before you go to work on Monday. Mm -hmm. It affects what you say again at a party when someone asks you, so where do you work? What do you do? Right. If you, your passion and your, your intention isn't kind of driven by a full brand purpose, like if that hasn't been made, you know, really clear, um, to you and your role, I think the overall, the brand suffers in multiple ways. So is that, Oh, Something it's we, so true. We can talk about okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it's, so how do you see that living in the brands that you work with? Because a lot of interior mm. designers might have, you know, there are some big houses, but a lot of them are like, it's yeah. me. I have one other designer. Maybe we have a, a coordinator who helps with mm. more of the administrative stuff, and then we have a lot of relationships with, you know, um, architects and yeah. um, contractors and and that sort of thing that they work with. Mm -hmm where do you see the breakdowns and where do you see the the companies that really thrive? You know, I think it's a matter of messaging. Of course it's a, the experience is always, I mean, if, if we want to talk about communication, communication is about making sure that people have a feeling about you, whether it's clarity, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or clarity is kind, <laughs> clarity is kind, right? People are going to remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. That's an important key to any kind of communication. Um, and that when you have that with partners, let's say you're an interior designer an important partner for you as a real estate agent or an architect or a contractor, um, they're really going to be, you know, important for your business development. They're going to be important in you know, sharing again, those differentiators, that emotional part of your brand to potential clients, they really have to believe that to be true. You know, you have to have worked together mostly <laughs> for them to see that, um, or you have to have built the relationship to where they understand that part of your business and your brand to be able to communicate it back to someone else. So again, you control that narrative, you control that relationship, um, how you build those, um, relationships is part of your marketing strategy needs to be, it's more than a card you send them in the mail. It's more than, you know, um, you know, a lunch you might want to buy. It's my, it's more than sort of, you know, bringing them in on a project. You have to kind of nurture that experience and nurture that narrative that you want them to feel about you and, and share with potential clients. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, I love that you pointed that out because those are all tactics that you can, yeah. that you can leverage just like there are marketing tactics that you can leverage, mm -hmm. but if it's not based on a foundational brand, whether that's right. your external brand that your marketing is, is based on, or this is an employer brand, which mm -hmm. is the, the culture and the feeling and the experience of working here, that tactic means nothing if it's not attached to something that is right more solid and more, um, emotionally driven. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I just, um, I joke all the time. I'm like, listen, y'all keep your pizza parties, like stop with the pizza parties. <laughs> Do I understand where I fit into the company? Do I understand right. like how, 
I'm appreciated. Are you going to help me get better at what I'm doing? Do I know what winning looks like? Do I feel like I'm winning? Because if I don't have those things, then I'm not Mm going to be happy here. And then it's all going to break down. So we could go on about this all the time, but I want to bring it back to your world, which is um, you have a brand audit and I know you've got a free download for this. So we will definitely put in the show notes because this is critical, (laughs) but you know, so many people and, and I've worked with some really large brands that don't have things in place too. So there's so many people that's like, okay, we've got a business and we've got a team and we've got Mm. all these big visions and everything. And like, let's just go. And they start marketing and they've never established a true brand that informs the strategy that they're using in marketing. There's no data to support, you know, they're just kind of like out there winging it. So if people are inconsistent in their marketing, how can they do that brand audit to get back to center? Yeah, the brand audit's going to show you right away on like literally one page where you stand. Um, it's essentially kind of fill in the blank. You can do it on the audit itself. You can download it from the website and in, the link is in your show notes. Um, so it's brand audit. You can do screenshots you of each of your channels, you'll see there's a prompt for social media. Um, There's a prompt for the sort of first line of copy that shows up when you Google your business. Um, What's, you know, has it been updated? Does it state very clearly what you do, who you do it for, and the value, as you say? Oh, did you hear her formula, everybody? Does that sound familiar? See, I'm not making this stuff up. Oh, come on. Again, one more time for the people in the back. What you do, who you do it for, and why it's valuable. Why should they care? What yeah. is going to make them kind of lean in? And, you know, this is the place where obviously there's an emotion that can come from this, but really simply it's, it's basically about just sort of stating what you do, why you do it and why they should care. Um, and that is your message that needs that this brand audit needs to show very clearly and consistently across each of your channels. You're the only person who's ever going to see whether you're, you know, the marketing team, director or you are a consultant or you are doing this for your own personal brand as a, you know, as a solopreneur, um, no one's going to see every single one of these at the same time, except for you. Mm -hmm. But what might happen is that, you know, you're getting an inconsistent message with someone on Instagram versus your website versus Mm -hmm. maybe what's on your business card, maybe what's on your email signature. By the way, ranked number four on global gurus as a branding professional (laughs) in the world. And I am, we're working on it, but the shoe cobbler's kid has no shoes. So I'm, uh-huh. I just, you know, Eric and I are not coming from a place of judgment or shaking our fingers at you. That's right. All of us have to do this. Yes. Routinely. Yes. Yeah. Routinely. <laughs> well, the way I like to say it is like, okay, there's five, six, 10 lanes on your freeway, right? And you're in one of them. And you have to remember that, you know, you, there are people who can help you there are, and maybe this can tie into the kind of your final question. Um, yeah. But you, <laughs> you cannot drive in every single lane. You yeah. cannot drive the bookkeeping lane. You can't drive the marketing lane. You can't drive the design lane. You can't drive the CEO lane. You have to pick a lane and make sure that, you know, you are directing the traffic in the other lanes. That's fine, but you can't be driving all the lanes. So, you know, to do this brand audit and then hand it off to, you know, the right people on your team who can help if you have a team who can help you get it updated and get it, you know, consistent, (laughs) number one, clear and interesting and evocative, number Mm -hmm. two, um, so that again, you're not sending out mixed messages and that you've got your story straight. 
Yeah. I love it. Get your story straight. Get your oh, story straight. Get your story straight. Makes everything so much easier. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> working on it. We're working on it to the extent that I literally carved an entire piece of my business off to start its own because I'm like, this is all confusing if it's over here. Like there, we, we yeah. have to have completely separate brands, completely separate messaging, completely separate audiences. Like it's just not working all in one umbrella anymore. I've been around right. too long and people have too many ideas of what is was going on. So like, as you evolve, this is a continuous mm -hmm. process that even the best oh, of the yeah. best have, have to go through. Not to, yeah, don't get overwhelmed. Like this is not something you can fix in one day. Obviously right. we, mar marketing is a really long game, but in order to set yourself up for success, it's one of the very first steps is to invest in your brand and invest in your messaging and make sure that that's clear and consistent. Because as you say, like your employees ladder up to it, the way your company functions, the value systems you create, All your mission, systems. your vision, everything comes uh -huh. back to brand. Yeah. And I joke sometimes I'm like, listen, I know that if you go to a chiropractor, they're going to say you need an adjustment. And if you go to, <laughs> you know, a, a, a physical therapist, they're going to say you need some sessions. And if you go mm -hmm. to an orthopedic surgeon, he's going to say you need surgery. But when I look yeah. at a business, I think first and foremost, where's your brand guide? Where's your messaging? Right. Who are your ideal customers? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Where are we, where are we, where are all of our outposts out in the world of how we're Foundation. signaling <laughs> this out? And yeah. then how are we making all decisions in our business? It is your brand. It is your right. brand. And if you don't have that, then I don't even understand how you're running a business right now, but I'm a branding person. So <laughs> I you, know, you talk to a CFO and they're going to be like, it's your P and L. And I'm like, well, your P and L is reflective of how your brand's performing. So, you know, I think <laughs> I'm right. Agree. But <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right too, Amber. <laughs> I might detour over to the south of France next week. We might, this might happen. Come on over. Have a little French champagne. We can do it. Um, okay. So before we get into all the different ways that I might share her with you guys, I might, I might tell you how you get a hold of her, but let's, let's do this final question. So I'm a bombshell, a bold, brave, unwaveringly confident woman in business. What is your parting piece of advice for me? You don't have to know everything. You just have to know where to find the answers. Ugh, preach. Yeah. I love it. I know it all, but you can be really good at research and really good at finding out really good at like mining your network and you can get the answers you need. Yeah. Network is so important, especially in those service-based businesses. <laughs> so important. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other episode. You're gonna have to come back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So we're going to find you. First of all, she does have that brand audit and, yeah. you know, fully endorse that. So it's, um, sorry, creative.com forward slash brand audit. Yeah. Um, she is on Instagram uh, at sorry, creative and, um, Let's see here. You're on LinkedIn. I know. Mm -hmm. So we'll put that in the show notes. I don't think I have it in my notes here, but we're connected on LinkedIn and that's yep. where we go to do business, my friends. And then tell us about real, um, your upcoming book. Yep. I'm writing a book. I'm going to make all of this very clear. Um, making all of this clear, writing a book is such an excellent exercise in mm -hmm. clarity for mm -hmm. anyone who's, you know, got the, the time it's taking me a while and that's okay. Um, but I love writing and, you know, forcing yourself to sit down and, and write something out, like I said, is, is, is super important. So that's coming out later this year. Um, I am also finishing a course that will come out at the end of May. Yeah. Which this month. episode will come yeah. out <laughs> just in time. So like, tell us about that. We'll, we're making, yeah. we're going to make sure this comes out on time. 
Yes, this course is about storytelling for branding, um, for, for your brand, um, and it will help walk you through this E3 storytelling framework, which is also a business strategy, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you will have tons of worksheets, you will have tons of, I like to use theory, again, that sort of emotion and logic, I like to use a theory portion with the workshops that are sort of hands on that you can apply back to your business. So um, short and simple, I've I know how it is to take courses that you don't finish. So I wanted this to be something that people could do um, in a couple of hours and get it out and get it applied. So coming out at the end of the month, um, I will keep you connected on yeah, the links for that. Okay. And of course, you know, this is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just so obsessed with branding and, and, and you don't need to come get it from me. Like there's, there's no one way there is no one book. There is no one course like do all do as many, 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 (laughs) right. So like, I'm so happy to be like, take this course because it is going to shift things for you. And her voice is a great voice. And the way that she structures things is clearly like, if you're not the nerdy kind of person and you are more of a creative person, this is this, she's yeah. someone that is going to show you how to do it in your voice. So, um, yeah. Thank you I would encourage you to download her freebie because then you'll be on her email list or you can opt in to be on her email list. And then you'll find out about this yeah. course. And the one thing yeah. I know about courses, cause I've been doing this for over a decade is when we launch them at first, that's as good as it's going to get on price. So yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Once it takes off and then market demand. <laughs> Take advantage of any. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So like do it now. This is her first at this particular course. Obviously she's been doing this for forever. So I don't mean to diminish your experience, mm-hmm. but this is the first course to this. So don't, don't miss out on that opportunity. Yeah. Um, Thank you for that. Any final, any final things before we wrap things up? No, I'm super excited um, for all to come you and everything that uh, you offer is really valuable. I think you're a great leader in our space and thank you for being an advocate for brand, um, Back at <laughs> for investing you. in brand in your company. Yeah. And, and thank you for doing it in a way that is, um, easy to receive and implement yeah. and isn't just theory and crankiness, <laughs> 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 which can happen in our space. People can get pretty snotty yeah. about branding and marketing and, and high yeah. on their horse. And it's ridiculous. Like we're all in yeah. it together, but we're all in there. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Bombshell. Um, obviously I was a little extra excited. I say I'm excited every episode cause I really, <laughs> really am. But this one, you probably, especially if you're watching on YouTube, you're like, wow, Amber really lit up like a Christmas tree on this one because <laughs> I, I just believe so much success can come. If you're, if you're confident in your brand, I think branding delivers confidence. That's what we say is we sell branding, but we deliver confidence. Yeah. Um, so, you know, make sure you check her out. Um, I assure you, you'll probably see a selfie of us at some point in in the future. (laughs) And um, if this was meaningful to you, if it, if you learned something and you can think of somebody who, who needs to hear this or watch it, share it with them. And then certainly leave us a rating and review. And, um, that way we can get in front of more eyeballs or into more AirPods and, uh, make sure that more bombshells are being fed and nurtured and cared for and loved and supported and all those things that powerful women need, even though the world thinks that we can just take everything on all by ourselves. That is the lie that we want to break. So bombshell go out there, be bold, brave, unwaveringly confident, and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit AmberHurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the BombshellBusinessWoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.